0: Welcome to All The Social Ladies, a podcast bringing you candid conversations with the boldest women in digital marketing. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media, and let's get into the show. Today was what I would call a literal treat. That's because I get to talk to the queen of treats. Today, I got to speak to Orla Mitchell, who is the president of gum and mints at Mars Wrigley Confectionery, a subsidiary of Mars Incorporated. She leads the strategic development and delivery of some of the world's most beloved and delicious brands like Extra, Orbit, Double Mint, Five, Juicy Fruit, and Eclipse to Altoids and Lifesavers. I mean, basically, every brand you've ever heard of. It's kind of awesome. One of the things that I love about Orla is just how understated she is. She's done the most incredible work and she is so humble about it. I think when you listen to her, you're just going to be so inspired and ready to take on the world as a social lady. Take a listen. Welcome Orla to the show. Thank you, Carrie. Great to be here. I'm so excited to have you. I've read all about your career, and now I want to let our listeners in on some of the secrets behind your success. So if we were looking back on your career, what three moments would you say really defined your career and what did they teach you?
1: Well, I'd have to say fundamentally, I'd have to go back to my education, my education in Ireland and also surrounded by very strong women like my grandmother and uh, mother. But I really believe that education gives a great foundation for both inspiration and what's possible in life. And that natural curiosity that comes with it has stayed with me to this day, regardless of how simple or complex the, the learning is. So even if it's education to free people from deprived circumstances to education every day at work, it's one of my passion points um, that really, uh, and even in time post-retirement, that I I will still continue to be really, really, truly passionate about.
0: It sounds like the lesson from that is about always learning, not even just uh, in the beginning of your school career, but throughout your work and everything is always focused on being open to learning and, and focus on educating yourself.
1: Absolutely. And the inspiration it brings, be that a seamless tidbit of of uh, fact through to a, a new concept or, or possibility, it really, really opens the mind and uh, makes people a lot more interesting, I believe, as well. Uh, really, the perspective it brings, not just the technical learning, is, is really powerful, particularly, I think, uh, for women.
0: Love it. Second moment
1: the second one uh, it was joining mars um, you know i was working in in ireland um i was doing relatively well but i didn't really have aspirations beyond what i see so was my world in marketing would probably was to be a, a marketing director in um you know a good irish company but joining yeah. mars not only did it feel like coming home and we would come back to some of the values of the business that, that keeps me here but actually the adventures i little did i know the adventures um, that lay ahead. As I said, I didn't really see possibilities beyond my own confines at the time, but actually very quickly, Mars gave me the opportunity in marketing to go from local jobs through to different segments from pet care to confectionery to working in European roles. And in my latter years as chief marketing officer of food, more recently Wrigley, and now leading the gum and, and mince business for Wrigley. I never aspired to that. I didn't go out saying I want to be X, but it actually opened up the possibilities um, to actually be be my best. And, and the output of that was um, a career I couldn't have imagined. But what keeps me here are the values and the people, um, and and the fun we have. Um, in along the way, I I just feel um, an absolute empathy with with this business, and I think because it's a family-owned business, it feels that way inside, and and um, it speaks to to the kind of empathy in me. I love that, and one of the things that I love about that learning.
0: So many young women, and I think the shift has been, you come in, you stay at a company for a few years, and then you think that the way to climb the corporate ladder is to move somewhere else. I know specifically on the agency side, that happens all the time. Is if you If you want to make more, you want to grow in your career, you go from place to place. And a lot of companies are challenged with how to keep people. And I think that The concept of employing empathy, and you mentioned it's from, partially because it was a family-owned business, but I think in general, companies can really understand that one of the ways to keep people inspired for a long time, like looking at your career, is to practice empathy and is really to bring
1: your human to work. Absolutely. And I mean, and the other thing is, we tend, as you, I think you've made the point already, we tend to have a very hierarchical approach to what we perceive to be career development. But I often say to members of my team and even friends that sometimes the biggest learning comes from adversity. The biggest learning comes from maybe taking what is perceived on paper as a lateral move. But to give you a series of experiences that accelerate you later on, so we have to stop this obsession with "I have to be this title by this time." I have to do, be here. Um, it's actually about learning on the job and learning through adversity. And you know, if you're mobile in a in a company like Mars with over one hundred thousand associates in eighty countries, the world is your oyster. Um, as as long as you choose to dip in. So tell me about your third moment. My third moment would have been transitioning into those more, um, European and global roles, Um, I mentioned already, you know, my perspective. I mean, much and all as I love Ireland to bits and will end up there in in retirement. Your perspective is when you're a population of four and a half million people, your perspective is very narrow, even from a business point of view. So transitioning into working and managing Europe as a region from a marketing point of view and then on to the globe has really uh, piqued my curiosity and probably reignited a sense of adventure within me. Particularly in recent years, working the contrast of working with U.S. consumers to Chinese consumers to emerging markets, you know, within Africa has truly um, opened me up um, and given me confidence that I wouldn't have had if I'd stayed um, working just in in an Irish company, um, you know, at home. It's so
0: interesting. I was just going to ask you about confidence. I would imagine it would be both very exciting and very intimidating to approach new markets in areas that you are not as well-versed in, right? You're going into a new, a new space, you come from Ireland, and you're, you're marketing in all of these areas that you don't know. And I know as we grow in our careers, many times we have to take on things that are outside our kind of normal sphere of experience. And so when you do that, how do you take on a challenge like that? How do, what did you do to make sure that you felt ready and confident to go?
1: Well, I always believe in being um, informed, um, you know, in terms of uh, obviously doing your homework, so to speak. But the greatest tool of all is just listening. I started my career in consulting before I moved into CPG and putting yourself in the shoes of others, the minds of others. It's very important as you familiarize yourself with these markets to get into consumers' homes, to actually listen with empathy and intuition. I'd have quite a big intuition score when, uh, you know, I do things like marketing breaks so trusting yeah. your gut i mean the gut has been suppressed so much in business nowadays but actually really trusting your gut and leveraging that power with powerful insight because universal human needs i've never been to a country where the vast majority of consumers consumers, all they want is to provide a great life, be healthy, educate their family, be the best they can be. That is representative no matter where you go in the world. So really getting back to the basics of what drives and motivates people, both as associates, both as consumers, as customers is really at the center um, of everything. And really feeling and putting yourself in the shoes of others, um, I think is very, very important.
0: I love that. What I tell people all the time is It's okay to not know what you don't know. You don't need to walk into a position feeling like, oh, I know everything about this market. It's about being open to listening and learning. And then also, like you said, it's really taking off your marketer hat and putting on your consumer hat and just using your gut. I think that is such a key point about how we as marketers can take on some of these new challenges.
1: Absolutely. And I think women are very powerful in this regard as well when they allow that um, natural power to come through. I mean, it's no surprise to me that women gravitate towards careers like marketing because it allows them in the correct circumstances to be to be themselves. And then, of course, the more senior you are as you go into markets, I mean, you find yourself being more a coach and mentor, a provocateur, a facilitator of, of conversation and um, to enable um people to actually who know their markets much better than you, but to actually see a different perspective and seek those common common points where we can learn from each other. And um, that's that's very important as, as well. But deep down in my own art, Carrie, I'm still a 23-year-old brand manager, <laughs> so I love rolling up the sleeves and getting <laughs> into the weeds.
0: I love it. I love that. So you mentioned earlier uh, that Mars is a family-owned business, which is really mm-hmm. incredible when you talk about the size and breadth of the business. I know that they're instilled with strong values and I've seen your campaigns, which have really blown me away because I think they really tap into the values of the company as well. Talk to me a little bit about how those brands do bring the values to life through the marketing.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you know, every business has values, but truly the values that I see are the Mars, the five principles, as we call them, you see them live out in the business every day. I think being a family owned business, you cannot take trust, consumer trust for granted. So when it takes, you know, taking a long term view and doing things that may not make a lot of sense in the short term, but actually truly make sense for the longer term we have the freedom to do so. So surprise, surprise, freedom is is one of our principles. So it is very important to the family that consumers trust us quality is at the heart. We try to give the best products, the best experiences we can at affordable um, prices to our consumers. That's why we've always had kind of mass reach um, at our core, people's first memories, you know, be that candy or, or chewing gum or, or food or their first interaction with their pet. That's always very uh, important to, to the family. There's obviously that As I said, equality and responsibility, but how we show up and how we do business, particularly for the long term, is very fundamental and increasingly, you know, the mutuality principle is is my personal favourite, where it's all about shared benefit, that no matter what communities or societies we go into, that we have to try to be the best we can be in that environment whether that's obviously, as I said, from our consumers to how we market to them, to so being the first to self-regulate in the area of marketing code and not advertising to children over twelve, to you know the environmental footprint we have with our plants. These are all very, very passionate, really points of passion, and um, with the business um, and the family that you see live out every day, uh, and it's great to be part of that, um, albeit often with its own complexities and challenges.
0: I'm sure, but it it to me, it just sounds like you really live through the values. And talking about just tapping into the emotions and values within a market, i I told you before our interview, of course, that I was having a good cry uh, when I was looking at give extra, get extra. Tell me a little bit about that campaign, how that came to be and and give our listeners just a little background on it if they haven't seen it. And we'll post the link in the show notes too. But But give a little background on that one
1: indeed it's one of the campaigns i'm most proud of to have had an involvement in in my career so extra about five six years ago and whilst being a big brand in the category it was suffering double-digit decline now nobody wakes up in the morning and says "Ooh, i must chew or have an interaction with gum today Um, (laughs) and we had got very serious and very um, functional um and Really, it was about what is a true human truth and an inside behind even just the act of giving gum that we could connect with consumers, albeit in a fleeting or momentary way where it actually made sense rather than telling them about the latest long lasting flavor or the great, you know, whatever. So we actually really wanted to dip into emotional storytelling. I'm a great believer in archetypal branding and the power of um, storytelling. the agency, we did work with the Harvard business professor, Tal Ben-Shahar, on, he was the author of Happier. And we really wanted to explore the concept of happiness through giving and the little gestures that relate to connecting, giving, sharing. And interestingly, we tripped across an insight or we had an intuitive insight around, you know, even when you take out a pack of gum, your natural Um, habit is to just offer whoever's beside you a piece of gum so we started exploring that concept of could something as simple as sharing a little piece of extra gum spark a meaningful connection and um, so that when you give something, you get more back in return. And of course, we started with the campaign before that, which was the father and daughter story around um, the rappers into little swans. But actually, Sarah and Juan, as we call it, was the, the one that exploded. Um, uh, it literally turned around 27 months of decline to the brand now being a double digit growth for the last three or four years. So it really, really connected at its heart very strongly with people, including ourselves. And I still cry when I watch it to this day.
0: I, I can't help it. I cry. And also, I mean, I don't want to give it away. to People I just gasp at the end. I always gasp. Like it's just like it's just really special. And I know, you know, it's not just with extra. I know most recently you've been working with uh the Five Guns brand on No Regrets. Yeah, yeah. Yes, tell me about No Regrets. You have to tell us because it's new and exciting.
1: It's new and exciting. And, and it has just been out in the kind of social media space and our media space up to up to now. But it's a, it's a platform we, we really are excited about and would like to do more about. So the five brand, which is a relatively new brand in the gum world, um, is all about do I, don't I like experiences? Do I make that choice? Do I go for it? And we had had reasonable success in that in that area. And people really connect with the brand. But we, again, kind of flipped it on its head and said, you know, in a world where everything's around millennials and Gen Z and, you know, th- thinking of anybody older than themselves as buddy-duddy and so on, is there anything that people that are much older in life can actually teach the youth of today? And we followed um, literally over a year, we, we followed a series of elderly people who would volunteer to talk to us about their life's regrets. That's from Martin, the one that just gets me every time, the 85 year old English gentleman that didn't come out till he was 85, to even in China who'd never traveled, to Stanford, who was an African-American swimmer here in Chicago and felt he had to leave the swim team because of, of pressure at the time. So the power of possibility to inspire kids not to make the same mistakes and to see the interaction between the elderly people filmed and then the young people and then the young people's reaction back to um you know our, our protagonist was was phenomenally powerful like we literally took 18 months to allow it's it's effectively a docu series play out and it's it's very very powerful and it shows us that we can learn um from those older than us and and indeed should what i
0: love so much orla about all of these campaigns is that you're selling gum right you're selling uh, you know treats but you're yes. tapping into deep emotions that people feel around connectedness. And when you mentioned storytelling, it's so interesting that as marketing changes and as platforms change, networks change, all of this changes, it really all stays the same in a lot of ways too, which is that you need to tell a story that resonates and taps into people's basic needs and emotions.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, I often quote to, to my teams when they say, oh, it's all about, you know, it they- Silo digital like you and yes. the whole digitalization of business yes. and i'm saying yeah, but look to hollywood and look to platforms like netflix to show the power of sto- storytelling has yes. never been as strong as it is today so we cannot abdicate and um, that that is truly cutting through the clutter requires even more powerful storytelling of course the digital world enables possibilities but it's a platform an enabler through which great content must shine and will shine, but it is not a means to an end in its its own right. So, yes, it's an added complexity to how we navigate business and it drives much more agility and the need for transformation. But at the heart, content to cut through has to be based on great insights, great stories told really, really well, be that to move you to cry or to move you to laugh or to move you just to take pay attention. I mean, that's what it's all about. I call it the yin and yang of marketing and creativity still has to be part of everything we do.
0: It must. And so when you're approaching and looking at new networks, you know, all, the, all of the changes, all of the new platforms that happen in marketing, are you the type of marketer that says, let's jump and try it and it doesn't need to be tried and true. We are just going to try telling our story in a new place. Or are you somebody who says, I want to see the data first. I want to see if it matters. I want to see, you know, whether or not this is going to stick around in this type of really quickly changing world.
1: To be truthful, Carrie, it's a little bit of both. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we have to take responsibility for the significant investment we, we put out there. And, and like anything else, we're held as accountable to maximise return on any investment um, we, we make around our brands. But we do try to carve out and parts of our budget ring fence them for our marketeers to test and learn because the best ideas are coming from the young hungry and you know people that are coming in that are so digitally savvy and that can spot opportunities that i would never spot so we're trying to create that kind of freedom within a framework for people to test Mm. and learn but it is not an excuse for free uh, free for all if we give somebody you know the wherewithal to go and do something big or to try something the onus is on them to come back and in some respects share the learnings or indeed the failures so that we can continue to to improve and continuously improve because Mars is a science based organization and our approach to marketing has always been science matched with creativity and um, so it is a bit of both we have to do both.
0: It's like you said, it's the yin and the yang. I love it. I get, I get the whole thing. I'm, I'm really obsessed. I think it's some great, great stuff here. So I'm going to head you on in Orla to the lightning round where I'm going to ask you three, just quick three questions and you're going to answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready for me? I'm ready. <laughs> okay, here we go. If you could only use one social network, which one would you use? Oh, because I'm Irish away from home and single, my friends and family are at home. It's Facebook. Of course, Facebook. That makes sense. But Anytime I have uh, friends and family with be- people overseas, they all, you know, it's always Facebook because you have to be able to really communicate. And it is the most effective communication tool across social media. Okay. If you could meet any living person for dinner, who would you pick?
1: Oh, I'm going to be corny again. I love cooking. And it's all about relaxing with friends and getting together with the girlfriends. I have some Mad, great fun girlfriends that keep me grounded, and I still haven't met anybody better to dinner with.
0: That is so awesome, and so so indicative of your personality. I was reading about you, and I read about how you were, you know, really a a quiet leader. You don't need to be at the forefront of anything. You're not. It's you just you lead with grace and dignity. And that is such a good type of answer that you don't need somebody fancy anything. There's no time better spent than with girlfriends. I love that answer. I want to like put it up on a quote on Instagram or something. Okay. Last one. I guess this would be really, um, this is, you know, I can't ask you. Okay. I'm going to try. It's like picking a favorite child. If you could have only one candy for the rest of your life, what would it be?
1: Oh, I have to say Maltesers, just introduced in the US, but i would grown up with it in, in Ireland and England. And, I, you know, I love it, the lighter way to enjoy chocolate, but I also love it for the marketing it's doing at the moment, really empowering diversity through leveraging great insights around less able people, watch it sometime. It's really, it's really powerful. But that chocolate is very Moorish.
0: Ooh. Love it. You're making me want to eat it. So you are such a good marketer. And I'm going to post that one in the show notes too. So we can post that up so people can see that as well. Well, Orla, thank you so much. You are a joy and a gift. And I feel so
1: lucky to have interviewed you today. I thoroughly really enjoyed it. And uh great to, great to interact. I'm a great admirer of your own work. So let's uh, look.
0: That was all the social ladies. Don't miss new episodes every week. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And if you like what you heard, please rate and review the show. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media and author of Work It, Secrets for Success from the Boldest Women in Business. Follow me, at Carrie Kirpin, everywhere. And for more social smarts, be sure to follow Likeable at Likeable Media. Thanks for listening.